Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In the Box, the podcast. And uh, the the guest for this episode is super, super special. I mean, he's a pioneer in the industry. And if you've been in the Delhi NCR area, if you've been a musician, and if you have, you know, just been around in the scene even a little bit and are serious about making recordings uh, and getting really good quality records, then you have heard the name Ferris Wheel Studios. And the guest this week is none other than Mukul Jain, who is the owner of Ferris Wheel Studios. And he is an amazing engineer. I mean, he's worked with the likes of Pratik Kuhar. He's worked with Sukhbir. I've even seen pictures of Priyanka Chopra at his studio. He's worked with Chazen. He's worked with Revisit Project and just a plethora of uh, indie artists and indie acts that you can even think of. They've probably been there. And... Um, you know, I uh, I had moved away to the U.S. And, like, when I moved back, I wanted to get back into the scene and I wanted to see, well, you know, where what's a good studio that I can go to before I start my own studio? What's a good studio that I can go to and, um, you know, track drums, for example? You know, a place that has a good-sounding room and that has the capability for, for so many channels. And... I think pretty much unanimously, all of my friends told me that, bro, you got to go to Ferris Wheel Studios. You got to go to Ferris Wheel Studios. So, you know, obviously I'm now curious. I'm like, well, what the hell is this all about? I've never heard of this place and everyone's talking about it. So I called up and Mukul answered the phone and I, you know, I made a booking for drum tracking. I want to go to uh, track some drums. And um, I think immediately as soon as we met, I think five minutes into the room, uh, when he saw me do my thing, there was immediate mutual respect that happened over there. And we just ended up becoming really good friends. Um, I think Star Wars had a lot to do with that. We're both huge Star Wars fan. I mean, we do get into it just a little bit in the episode. But, you know, I mean, we can literally talk forever. I mean, believe it or not, when we sat down to do this episode, we chatted for seven hours. Like, I'm not kidding. Seven hours. So... It was a huge task to edit this podcast and really get it down. Um, but, you know, there's so much cool stuff in there that I that I really don't want to lose. And I want you guys sh should be able to hear it, especially the people that are starting in the industry. You guys need to hear it. And uh, so we've broken down the episode into two parts. And this is part one of the episode. So... Without further ado, let's dive right in and go deep in the box with Mukul Jain. I'm gonna go deep in the box. You know what? Here's here's one thing for sure, man. The day you and I both get vaccinated, you're the first person I'm drinking with, like face to face, because you were the last person I drank with face to face. Yes. Before, sh <laughs> before shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. I had no. I like. I remember your house was the last last place that I went to, because when all this shit started, bro, it was like. I, I didn't go to anyone's place for like the longest time. The longest time. I think the, the next person I went to was my cousin's place. After six months or some shit. Yeah, same here, man. Like the only people I would actually trust are these uh, cousins of mine in there. They are as like, you know, um, careful about this whole thing as I am. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah. Bro, Even I that day, I remember we were very careful about not shaking hands. We yeah. were very careful about, you know, okay, dur se namaste, yeah. whatever, the, the sanitizer rakha vai sab kuch. And yeah, cheers, man. Well, well, cheers, man. Cheers, dude. Cheers to New Year. Cheers to Absolutely, all good dude. things happening this year. And cheers to fucking Trump leaving office. Yes. So I think just in a couple of hours, uh, Biden's going to be sworn in. He has. He left it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. Wait, I, I hope I can drop F-bombs like in this conversation. Fuck, of course, dude. Oh, of okay, course. cool. <laughs> you know something? Jeet asked the same thing on his episode. Of, I think as soon as we started, she like he's like, oh, uh, I can say fuck, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, come on. This, this show is not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> dude. I... I I love that. It, it it that can mean so many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like the whole idea for me is to catch up with my friends and do this and because what I what I realized is just spending a lot of months teaching, you know, I usually tend to give a lot of anecdotes through conversations that I've had, you know, with with friends like you or with friends like Jeet or whoever, Anupam or whoever, right? And there's so much, so much geeky stuff that we'd love to geek about, anyways. Yeah, you know. And but just think of it from like a student's point of view. Like there's so much shit that we can talk about that they can probably just learn from, which is oh yeah, very absolutely. You know, because we we will sometimes uh, talk about things from an experience and from having to deal with something over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So that. You know, the young guys and the young girls don't have to, or they can be careful about not doing certain things. Yeah. Uh, and man, trust me, there's so many, there's so many stupid things that I have done that I have, you know, realized that shit, man, I used to do these things when I was in a band. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can only imagine I would have pissed the hell out of my engineers at that time. But yeah, I mean, it's so important to have these conversations and, you know, Here's where I feel that we are, we were at a disadvantage. You and I are almost the same age. Uh, when we were growing up, our only source of finding out how something was done was, you know, the bonus CD that we got with, the, with our albums. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. It, it was like, like when I bought uh, Linkin Park Meteora, there was a bonus CD with it. And that bonus CD had a few videos, which are four is to three, not even HD. Uh, yeah. where they were showing how they made the artwork for uh, reanimation, which uh, then a photograph from it became the artwork for Meteora, then how they actually do things in the studio. And I remember there was this one scene where the drummer actually says that this is the max I can show you, not more than this, because other than this is Linkin Park, you know, <laughs> proprietary <Secret>. shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was like, we, 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 we would really have to pause and be like, okay, that, that, that bass and, you know, shit, he's using that and he's using this. But these days, yeah. the biggest engineers, like from Sheps to Huert to, you know, Pensado, they're so open about things. They're talking about the entire processes and uh, the way they talk, uh, the way they uh, go through, the, they talk about the way they go through their entire mix thing. And it is, it is just so much, you get to learn so much more. Yeah. And, you know, whereas us, we had to literally just listen to a song and then listen to another song and be like, that's the difference. You know, you've got 
more mud in the fucking guitar here you got more yeah. clap in the kick here you know slip knot man i can't hear the kick at all it's just yeah like it's, it's not it's just the know? click it's the clicky yeah so it's, i don't i don't know about you but i couldn't okay i could tell that obviously yeah okay there's a there's a difference between you know uh, a delhi indie band recording at the time as opposed to uh, you know breaking benjamin or absolutely you know, there, was, there was but i had i had no fucking idea what that difference was yeah. and i think learning just yeah. studying this give me gave me that clarity and i think there are few people who didn't have to go to school for this and that's great for them and that's mm. awesome and you know super brilliant guys but i felt actually going to school for this was a, an eye opener for me no but you will also agree that you know um school even though it did play a good part in your education and speeding up your education yeah. at the end of the day what made you better was practice oh, you know you you cannot undermine that at all i mean it's it's just a fact that even if you didn't go to school and if you practice your skill enough sorry man yeah. like i'm just getting a lot of fried potatoes here <laughs> <laughs> that's good i remember we had that at your yeah. house fried potatoes and whiskey it's almost like being back at yours dude <laughs> i i think you know what people uh, especially the students in india i can't really yeah. speak for uh, the western world because honestly i've, I've never worked there yeah. but at least for the students of india i've seen this uh, trend happening a lot that they go to australia they go to us or some place in europe hmm. uh, they come back and they like mai to padh ke aaya hu mai to mere ko to ab sab aata hai and uh, i'm going to charge as much as the guy who's been doing this for fucking 10 years yeah and uh, you know they then they end up putting out something that's definitely not making the artist happy yeah and then you know they have to reeducate themselves all over again that okay i've got my degree yeah but i've still got things to learn because you know it, it's literally like uh, you, you can be told what this mic is but how you can make it sound best is something you have to learn yourself depending on your room your and, artist and how you can actually hear the difference between the mics that is that's experience yeah. that is time yeah that, that is ear training man mm. that is okay so i thought that Uh, coming back to what i said i thought that you know that actually studying this really cleared out my concepts but i would say my true education started when i became an intern that's when you know like actually going in there setting up microphones actually sitting in with people with all these amazing fucking people man and just and just uh, my mind was blown as to just like just this type of stuff that they were doing because they've been doing it for fucking 40 50 years and it was uh, to me that was a huge eye opener to to just see like you know these guys doing their thing and then listening to the subtle you know the subtle differences and getting that ear training learning how to deal with customers which is what it's really about if you, if you want repeat customers you you got it right there man yeah dude it, it is and you know you'll be surprised to know i've never interned anywhere Okay. Ever. I I have never interned anywhere and I have never had a mentor up till just 3 years ago. Really? You know, at Who's a stage where people would say why do you need a mentor now? And right. my reply to that is you will always need a mentor. Always. Dude, there will never be a time in your life where you won't need it. And I realized this when I got one. And I'm so grateful for the person, you know, uh, his his name is Dan Swift. 
He okay. is he when I send him a mix, he sends me back a session. Okay. He's going to he's going to apply some EQ and some multiband and he's going to like this is what I did to it. Okay. That is better than telling me, you know, you could pull down some 118 yeah. here and there. Yeah. Dude, he just sh- does it and sends it to me. Yeah. And that is so great. And then the best part is that he actually sends me his work. Yeah. And he's like, it's unmastered. I want to see what you are going to do. And send me back the session. And uh, since I'm working on a different DAW, I have to make presets of the fucking plugins and I have to send that to him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> any, in any case, like I, I do that and I send yeah. him a screenshot of my chain. Yeah. He applies that. And you know, like he he also feels like, man, this 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 is like a new way of working. Because a lot of people come, I, he's he's seventy four plus. Okay, he's mm. he's senior, and he comes from an age where rock, especially rock albums, wouldn't be very bass heavy. Like uh, they would be guitar heavy because that's what rock was about at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but these days, he he's like, man, I get so many clients who scream and shout, so many artists who scream and shout. I want more kick, I want more bass, and I increase it for them. But then they end up comparing it to electronic tracks. Or, you know, like uh, semi-electronic tracks. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, that's just not my forte. I've never done that. I have never worked on, you know, apart from a sim- like a probably a layer for the bass or just one, two synths here and there. I've never worked on fully electronic samples. And, you know, uh, by samples, he means like literal electronic samples, not your uh, easy drummer or your addictive mm. drum samples. Right, right. So, right. you know, like it's not my forte. I, I don't know what I'm doing is whether it's going to sound good or not. Hmm. So, but to see what you do gives me clarity that, you know, okay, this, this is how, you know, the new young guys are, you know, asking for things, you know, that that's how they want their low end to be. Whereas I get like an expert opinion on the overall mix and man, two plugins is all he takes one EQ and sometimes just an EQ, one EQ, one compression, the song comes back sounding 10 times better. Like, do how yeah. the hell do you listen to that shit and know that this is what I did wrong? Okay, yeah. and it is simply amazing. But is, is he a I mastering think, guy? Is he a mastering engineer? He's both. He's a, he's a mixing and a mastering engineer. He's a visiting okay. engineer at uh, Abbey Road, and he's the chief engineer at Brighton Electric. Oh, I've, uh, heard, I've heard of that. Yeah, well, he's yeah. Uh, he's produced uh, the famous Snow Patrol for Passenger. He's produced two three albums for nice. Aqualung. Like he's he's worked with some big people in big studios and you know all that. But I was coming to is since I've never been an intern myself. When I opened the you know I've always been working out of my home studio, um, and when I did open the first commercial space, hmm. the first time somebody came and asked me, "Hey, can I intern here?" and I was like, "Dude, I I don't even know where to begin." Like that was a learning experience for me. Like what yeah. what do you expect out of this internship? What do you expect out of me? And what can I expect out of you? So I got these mails from Pearl Academy, NIFT, because they've started their video courses and designing courses. And, you know, and at the time I was also doing video things. So like, can we send you an intern for three months? I got uh, calls from Sakak. Chintu started telling people, go to Ferris Wheel, he'll give you an intern. And I'm like, man, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Stop sending me, guys. (laughs) Dude, you got me my interns. Yeah. yeah. So and one of them is 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 like my my assistant now. He he's oh, assisting nice. me on. Oh, on that skinny much. short guy, right? Uh, no, 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 not not Bharg. Uh, the other guy, Harshit. Oh, okay. Harshit, yeah. So and in fact, he is kind of co-composing. Uh, so I'm working on new music right Amazing. now, and 
potentially an album. I don't want to commit to that word, but you know, potentially. And the whole th the thought process of the album is something I've always wanted to do because I've always loved you know Metallica's S and M. You know, I've been a huge fan. It's one of my top albums. I've always wanted to do something with a symphony behind, and he's just an amazing composer and stuff. And uh, so anyhow, so we're composing that together, and it's just it's it's sounding brilliant. So really good guy, and I I I'm, got him through you. Yeah, because he. He asked me for internship, and I already had five interns lined up, and I was yeah, like, "Man, yeah, yeah. it's gonna take a long time. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah. don't you get this guy?" I, I, that's what I do. I tell them other people, "You're the first guy." I send them to Soul Tracks. I send them to Chintu. Yeah. But here's the thing, man. More than, like I think what I missed out on being an intern myself, the interns would come and ask me questions that I probably would have never needed to know because it's not my in my workflow or it's not my style of working. Yeah. But they would ask me something. And I'll be like, hold up, let me get back to you on that. And I would do my own study. And then yeah. I would actually go the next day or the next free day that we would have. And I would tell my own intern, because most of them are musicians themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, you asked me this. Let's record you doing this. Hmm. Let's record you doing that. And let's learn together. You know, let's let's do it. That's and the best thing, man. Just experiment. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, let's, let's try it out. And, uh, you know, we'll both learn yeah. something out of this. Dude, and it's it's yeah. so it's happened so many times in not just audio even in video, like my video interns have come and told me, sir, there's this new technique of you know, you know, moving this camera and merging it with this footage and you know getting like a cool ass blur kind of a thing and I'm like, yeah, go go for it. Then one other intern was like, sir, stop putting lights in front of the person. I don't know if you've ever seen Linkin Park faint video. And I'm like, yes, I have. I've chart out that video. Really? So lights are behind and I was like, dude, that's like a $100,000 rig where the yeah. lights and lights and everything is like, nice sir, six silhouette banta which which is really musical to look at because, you know, throughout the, and and I was so happy to hear this because he's a film student. He's been learning this thing because if you see all the music videos, lights are always behind. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, I never noticed that. Yeah. I've always been so fixated on the sound. I never noticed the video. Yeah. And then from that video, from that conversation onwards, every single Ferris wheel jam video, the lights were behind. Go to hell with the front lights. I don't want them. I don't <laughs> Just think put I've lights ever seen the back. a jam video at Ferris wheel. Yeah. I've only seen uh, like your mixed by Mukul videos, which are fucking brilliant, by the way, dude. I've oh, just thank you so love much. Those. Yeah, dude. Dude, I, I've learned so much by by just watching them. And I love the fact that they're so short. And you are you're amazing. I have the habit of uh, talking. I fucking I'll talk way too much. <laughs> and you have the really good habit of being to the point. And you'd be like, up, up is attack uh, 0.5 per kardia, or then its ratio, aise kardia, or then its sound pe aise, you know, uh, we'll adjust it to taste, or then its aise kardia, or then usko vaise kardia. And there but, you go. And I'm like, my, my talkative badass comes out in the live shows, man. Like, you know, like I'm talking to you right now, I'm gonna yap away. <laughs> but, but, dude, but that's what I'm trying to say. That those videos are interesting, dude. They're like, keep making them, dude. They're so, they're Thank really, so really cool. I enjoy them thoroughly. Thank you. I no, but, speci I especially you know, love the challenge videos. Oh, thanks. I you, still you, owe you a challenge, by the yeah, way. I haven't been way. around to get around to it. You asked me, but I, I, I do owe you a challenge. But they're, they're really cool. I love the Srijan one. I thought that was really, really cool. Srijan called me himself. He was like, um, bro, I saw Zayden, I saw Chetan, Mirsad bhi kuch kar. 
करो भाई बिल्कुल करो एंड वी डिस्कस्ड आई थिंक वी हैड लाइक एन आवर लॉन्ग कॉन्वर्जेशन ऑन द फोन एंड वी फाइनली केम अप टू एन आइडिया एंड यूज लाइक ओका राइट लेट्स डू हाउस होल्ड आइटम्स एंड यू मिक्स दैम एंड यू मेक दम साउंड लाइक प्रॉपर प्रकाशन और ड्रम किट सेटअप as much as you can and uh, that will be the challenge like cool that's perfect let's do that and uh, uh, you know it's so amazing because very few people have actually uh, got to me came to me with a challenge uh, very few people are the ones who i contacted sorry most of the times is people who call me up and they're like yo i've got an idea for you i watched your video i want an idea for you i'm like yeah, yeah. sure let's do it man and uh, yeah. it is just amazing how uh, even um, uh, that voice challenge the first one that i did bane's voice was the yeah, challenge the phone ha huh. the yeah, bane's voice bane's voice how to yeah. sound like bane actually srijan posted a comment i want to hear bane's voice then is it bane Chet- or was it kylo ren no no kylo ren was the first one oh, okay okay after okay. that i did bane's voice oh shit i didn't see that one okay and on kylo's video he posted man i want to hear bane's voice then chetan <laughs> commented bro i am right there then chetan <laughs> called me up listen I can do this, and he spoke on a Bane's dialogue, and I'm like, "Holy shit, <laughs> let's do this!" Wow, <laughs> you should have done a fucking A B. Yeah, shit. yeah, I did, I did, I did Fuck. an A B. Oh, I dude, always I, do I, an A B. I gotta scroll, I gotta scroll through your profile and check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there'll be Bane on the cover. Check it out. But it's it's really amazing, man. I think uh, Zayden was one person I contacted to. Uh, I told him, "Listen, I want to do a challenge with you." and the other person was sukhbeer sir mm-hmm. obviously i mean like you're going to have to contact him and mm-hmm. he was so sweet man he just wanted like yeah for sure man anything for yeah. education and he was he was really you know sweet he sent me his stem files he sent me a video right then and there within a matter of half an hour i was like wow this is amazing i didn't even have to discuss anything more than that and uh, yeah. you know uh, just a gem of a person man but yeah it's amazing then kamakshi got in touch with me he's like hey you want to do billy eilish like yes <laughs> to Billy Eilish. I think I saw that one. Yeah. I'm I'm a bad yeah. guy. <laughs> Damn. That was very very cool. Yeah, I man. Genuinely like the way that they produce their records. Billy Eilish and her brother. Man, yeah. it it Finish. really ha- I'll tell you what. People have been doing this since before Billy, okay? Since before yeah. Billy and her brother. But I think the way they went about marketing it is what really help the music scene out hmm. they marketed their album from the point of view that it was home produced hmm. and i think they saw the importance of that because they understood there are so many people like us trying to make music at home we right. cannot afford a studio with an 88 hour or you know like with a 100 square foot goddamn live room 1000 uh, square foot live room or something like that and they marketed the album from the fact that this is home brewed or this is literally standing on a street recording a goddamn red light okay the chime yes. of a red light or something like that and the the, the, the just, ticking yeah. of the thing i saw that yeah and we just got creative with that we did not worry about where it was recorded what guitar it was recorded on what instrument and all we made we recorded a sound we put it in a daw and we went by that and i am a i am a hardcore believer in that you know when people ask me mm. so how do i record a, a misa boogie amp and how do i mic this amp or how do i you know record like a classical guitar and everything a mix sorry um, record board how do i mix this when it was recorded like that was record i'm like listen never in my life have i ever asked 
how this was recorded. Okay. Because as a mix engineer, once I have the sound, I'm dealing with the sound. Absolutely. It yeah. shouldn't bother me whether this was recorded on a Neve or on a Focusrite. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it shouldn't bother me whether this was recorded on a Fender or on a cheapy Ibanez or on right. a high-end Ibanez. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. At the end right. of the day, I have the sound now. This is what I've got to work with and this is what I've got to deliver. Right. Start approaching sounds as sounds as, and not as, oh, this is a Moog thing. I better respect this signal because it's come out of a Moog. So I am not going to cut the lows out. I am not going to do this. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why are you, you you're you being biased towards brand value. Yeah. You're literally yeah. being like the person who has Chanel tattooed behind their head. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, stop being brand conscious. It doesn't matter if the sound is from a Moog or if it's from a cheap synth or even if it's from a virtual synth. Yeah. The fact of the matter is you've, got, you've been given a reference track, you've been given sounds. Do whatever is necessary to match your mix to the reference. Yeah. Stop worrying about what the source was. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless if somebody's done this and sung, then I'm going to make an issue, you know, yes. like y you can't do that. You need to re-record the thing with a little distance with the mic. Right. That is basically something else. But, you know, you understand, right? When people give too much shits about, oh, this was recorded on this legendary thing and yeah. this legendary snare and that legendary mic and, you know, by that legendary strings on I mean, my bass and, and all. And, and all that is good at the stage of recording. All that is good. You obviously do want a great sound source. Obviously. Yeah, that's a, but that's a recording That's a recording aspect. thing. But once you get the mix... Stop worrying about it. Yeah. Deal Ignore with it. the mix. Yeah. You know something? So that's a very good point what you made because in the, when I just started, when I just like graduated my program and became an intern... I remember, I think I'd sent Srijan and Nikhil something to record and send it back to me. And I remember asking them, tell me the mics you use for each and everything on the drums and stuff. <laughs> and now, like five years later, when I think about it, I'm like, that that was so stupid. What, what, what the fuck do I need to know? What no, they no, now my on? question is, was the drummer good? Did he hit the snare properly or not? <laughs> Did he put his hi-hat away from the snare or not? How 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 high up were his cymbals? Or were they stuck to the shelves? Yeah. That's what I care about now because I need to know how hard my life is going to be during the mix. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, but but how has this lockdown been treating you, man? Like, how is how has it been doing for... Man, have... the vid entered my house and... Uh, it wasn't a pretty scene. Yeah. It was heartbreaking to see a loved one suffer alone and you can't even do anything about it. Mm. It truly is, man. It is, you know, I, I, if you haven't experienced it, I'm so happy for you. It is not a good thing. I mean, it, it's... Well, no, I mean, uh, we've had a, like, we've had a COVID in our house as well. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If, I mean, if you've been safe from it so far, I will, yeah. I will really... I'm so happy for you and I will tell you to keep on taking the safety measures that you're doing. Oh, dude, absolutely. absolutely. You know, the problem has come from people, from the young people who got it and were not affected by it so much. Oh. They tend to see it as something that, why is everyone making such a big deal about it? But I saw an elderly person go through it and the aftermath of that, it's not a pretty sight and it's not, it's, it, it is very disturbing mentally, you know, because 
you know right in the other room there is somebody you love to death and it's going to it, it, you know they there's nothing you can do about it you can't go in there we've got one other family member who's the designated person who will go in with a ppe kit and yeah. now that person will go back to their room and stay in there because now they also have to be quarantined because they've been going in so there are two people in the house who are now quarantined and can't even meet their own family members and i am sitting here i can't go in because i need to make sure that my dad doesn't get it from me and me and my dad are handling stuff like call up this doctor call up that doctor try and find a bed try and find you know a place in a hospital somewhere finally get that done then you know and uh, thankfully they um, they did let uh, the patients take their phones in the icu so we could speak and uh, that was yeah. there uh, even then yeah it was yeah. difficult man it's very heartbreaking it's very very heartbreaking no dude absolutely and you know i mean i was lucky like my bhabhi had it uh, she was positive but you know thank god that she was asymptomatic but mm. even then she she was quarantined in her room she That's did not very step out of her because look, very... you have to be sensible that just yeah. because you are asymptomatic doesn't mean everyone else is going to be yeah and you have to have the respect for the people who might be symptomatic yeah you have to have respect for that you know like you can't yeah this this i find it very disrespectful when 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 you know like a lot of these trump supporters when they say oh. I, not to make this podcast political but like you know i don't but, even want to go overseas right now i just want to talk about my countrymen dude india is doing so good now now but It's my point so is like better. people still you walk out i don't know if you walked out yeah 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 nobody yeah. gives a damn dude nobody gives a damn they're just walking like nothing's wrong and see the, the thing is not about how serious it is the thing People is people had a rave in goa and everyone 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 at that party apparently tested positive this is something i heard i don't know if it's true my god but but my cousin is there right now and dude dhawal lives there like so many of my friends live there and they're telling me bro nobody is wearing masks nobody anywhere in goa Yeah. This is what I'm hearing. I, I mean, I've seen I'm seeing other people party there. You know, put photographs. Nobody's wearing masks. Yeah. See, Rohan, the thing is, it's not about how dangerous is it for you or not. Yeah. It's really about a, a societal responsibility. Okay. It, it's not that okay. If you travel, you are probably in all because you're traveling. You are setting things in motion around you. You're hiring a cab. You're making. you're making things move more you're getting in a plane you're going somewhere you're getting to a hotel room you're making somebody come and clean the hotel room for you before you go in then after you leave you are setting things in motion which then increase the risk of infection you may come back home safe yeah but you may have set things in motion that would have put somebody else at risk yeah okay so it's not about you whether you can handle it or not or whether you don't give a shit about life it's really right. about you know the societal thing and the more you delay and when i say delay the more irresponsible you are about it the longer this thing is going to be drawn out yeah you absolutely know, there's absolutely. a reason why new zealand has res- resumed normal life even yeah. before the vaccine and we even after the vaccine will still take months if not another year to resume normalcy yeah because now it's not normalcy about the medical issue now normalcy is about you know the e- economics of things because we were irresponsible because we did what we wanted to do because we moved out we fucking went for weddings we went to goa and everything 
we've extended and delayed the entire process of normalcy. And we have, we are now going to face that in our econo- economy as well. Mm. You are not going to be able to, you know, uh, work at the same level you were working before this thing hit till a mm. longer time now. Yeah. You, yeah. Servicemen like us are not going to be able to charge our full rate for a longer period now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like as of now, um, you know, I've had a, I've had a few clients from India during the lockdown, but overall, uh, well, as of now, if I speak for just right now as the current situation, 100% of my clients are from the US. So everything is happening through Zoom. So like, it's really weird for me because I'm such a people person and I love being in the studio and communicating and connecting with an artist and stuff. And the way I've been producing records right now has really been that, okay, I'll do the music, I'll, I'll build up the track, and then I'll hook you up with a buddy of mine from New York and he will go and record you and then you send the tracks back to me. So it's like, I'm not part of the process and, and like I don't have the, the artist sitting next to me and we can't have those conversations. Yeah, and you it. miss that, man. You miss it. You miss it. Yes. Because I love that connection, man. Like, some of my some of my closest friends now are people uh, that I've produced or worked with in the studio somehow, and they've ended up becoming very close friends and um, have ended up uh, coming back to me repeatedly, which I'm very thankful for. You know, um, I've noticed that about you as well. I've, you know, a lot of artists that I've had you know random conversations with on Instagram or whatever, just like, hey man, long time, how's it going? Yeah, man. Yeah, good, good. No, we're just working on some stuff. I'm like, oh, where where are you recording it? Oh, we're doing it with Mukul, you know? Yeah, we've been recording with Mukul for like the longest time. So you have that uh, loyalty factor, which is so important. Man, at know? the end of the day, you've got you've to understand that you're not in the... I mean, I, I like to see it this way from a certain perspective. Yeah. Before I'm in the music industry or in the entertainment industry, I'm actually in the hospitality industry. Hospitality. It's so crazy that you mentioned that. Do you know what my mentor and my ex-boss at Engine Room, Mark Christensen, used to tell us? Fucking multi-Grammy winning guy. It's all this shit. Great teacher. Great boss or whatever. Every morning in the meeting, uh, if not every morning, but he used to say it in like the slightly bigger meetings, the... The, the everyone has to be there compulsory type of meetings. He'd be like, you know, we are not in the business of recording. We are in the business of great sandwiches. And he'd go like that. <laughs> and he's like, because the artist is... Look, every everyone can put a microphone on and press record. Yeah. But the artist is going to remember the kind of sandwiches that you served him. And that sandwiches could be anything. It could be fucking no. donuts. Or it could I, be fucking... I see uh, it It could be lines of Coke for, for all you care, right? It could be fucking whiskey bottles. The idea is that it's the extras. It's the other stuff that yeah. they are going to remember. Not, not just that. Like, I... For example, let's say you walk into an, uh, a Nike store. You yep. walk in with 20, 30 grand and you walk out with this expensive pair of shoes and you love it. And you're so happy and you're so you know like ecstatic you've got this dopamine filling in your body and you know you you just go home yeah for the first few months you make sure you never step in a puddle you've got something in your hands you're walking out with something in your hands yeah. that you can hold and love and hug and you know all that mm-hmm. 
<laughs> when a person exits a studio, yeah. they're going empty-handed. Exactly. They don't have anything in their hands. Exactly. Music exists in on the internet, Virtually, in the Gmail yes. folder, in the pen drive, yeah. in the air, basically. The music exists as a vibe. It's not a product that they can hold. Now, let me put this in perspective. A person came to Ferris wheel. They pay two grand an hour plus GST. Okay. They did a 10-hour session. They're walking out after paying 23600 And they've paid double the amount they would have paid a hotel for two days in 10 hours. True. And within True. The, that yep. two days, they would have gotten fresh sheets and fresh towels and breakfast on the house and probably something on the house on the mini fridge. You know, probably a champagne if they went and lied at the reception. Hey, it's my anniversary, so give me a champagne, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> the point is that you are paying... If you if you compare it hourly to a five-star hotel or even a, you know, decent hotel and a studio rate, a studio is still going to land land up more expensive. Yeah. Okay. And a person unconsciously feels that. That man, I am spending 23600 here for 10 hours. What am I walking out with? Am I walking out frustrated that there were so many problems? That the mic was falling off or the cable couldn't be found or the engineer was busy getting stoned? Or, you know, what the hell is happening, man? Or is he walking out like, I had one of the best days of my life. I heard my music coming from those speakers and it gave me goosebumps. That is my aim. Every what time an artist out comes into the studio, the I want them to sit on that couch yeah. and hear their recording and be like, wow, this is what this I made this song shit. for. To feel what I'm feeling right now is what I made this song for. And I hope that my listener feels the same way. So, and musicians, so they're walking out with the experience. Yeah. They're walking out with the experience of the fact that they recorded at fucking Ferris Wheel Studios. They record, they, they, that their engineer was so uh, prompt and knew what the fuck he's talking about. They, they... You know, they like the fact that, oh, we can order food here. Well, we get coffee here. It's like they're surrounded by all this cool stuff, which they don't have at home. So it's the experience that we went to a proper fucking studio. Yeah, and, and not just that. You know, like, you, you've got to, uh, like, you, I've noticed this, okay, and I, and I strive for this. Yeah. And I tell my artists, I never had to tell you that because you just came and we clicked and yeah. Shadul had already come to the studio. He was aware of it. But I tell... Whenever people start asking, no, uh, is, is this fine? Am I fine? And the first thing I tell them is, listen, you are with me now. You are at Ferris. Mm. All I need you to worry about is your performance. Yeah. Forget the rest. I am guaranteeing that with a money back guarantee. Mm. Stop worrying about how good the signal is. Stop worrying about whether there's noise. Stop worrying about whether there's bleed from your click track. Stop worrying about where the cables are. Stop worrying about whether I'm going to go take a break for fucking 30 minutes to smoke a joint or not. Mm. Stop worrying that I might get drunk in the middle of the session or might just pull my hair out and say, please go back home. Mm. Stop worrying. Stop worrying that the power might go off and we may have to stop the session. No, no. Everything is in place. Mm. I have designed this infrastructure so that you, all you need to worry about is you come here and you worry about your performance. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You, your instrument, and your performance. Yeah. That is it. Very true. Get your mind out of everything else. That is my responsibility, is why you're paying me two grand plus GST an hour. <laughs> okay.
K. <laughs> I love that how you me. mentioned the plus GST every yeah. time. Jai <laughs> <laughs> <Jam> Modi. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, the thing is that artists and I can, I can, I can almost sense the bad experiences that they've had in some other places. Yeah, that they have to come and ask me that, and yeah. I have to reassure them. You listen to me. If you go back home with a noisy recording today, I am giving you your money back. Yeah. Or or come back and fucking re- let's redo it. No extra. Or come charge. back. And, no, no. I I let redo is another thing. Mm. I used to say that. I used to tell them that okay, something went wrong. I'll give you. I'll tell you when I do that now. But right now, I tell them if there is an error because of the studio, mm. or because of anything in the studio, I am not charging you for this. Secondly, mm. if something happens that was out of my hands, say for example the power went out. and the generator failed hmm. this is out of my hands okay right. i mean i i mean i put a generator there to the best of my ability i i maintain it and everything but sometimes technology fucking gives up yeah so absolutely if something is out of my hands is the time when i tell them listen i'm sorry this is out of my hands right or for example when the third floor guy is planning to install a new fucking desk and he's drilling his way in and you know he's like i am not going to stop i'm sorry i got my thekedar today and this yeah. has to happen today i'm sorry yeah. then i'm like dude i'm sorry there's drilling happening up there and no matter how much amount of soundproofing i put in <laughs> nobody can take yeah. that sound away okay right right so right. for this i tell them come back another day i will reschedule and i will charge you half the cost or whatever it is because i understand you took time out of your schedule you told your bands i'm not jamming today you you know took time from other things most of you are you know doing a second job or doing a main job and this is like your second thing hmm. you took time off you and time is money so right. i will compensate for that yeah. okay so yaar dekh tere ko bhi chot lagi hai mujhe bhi lagi hai तो चोट आधी आधी बांटते हैं ठीक है सिंपल सी बात है बट वेन इट्स कंप्लीटली माई नेग्लिजेंस और इट्स बिकॉज वन ऑफ माई इंजीनियर्स फक्ट अप देन देन तो इंजीनियर की तो जो खाट खड़ी होगी होगी वो तो अलग चीज है बट इन दैट केस भैया तू घर जा रहा है रिकॉर्डिंग के साथ और कोई पैसे मत दे मुझे एंड इवन देन आई फकिंग गारंटी विल बी अ बेटर रिकॉर्डिंग देन मोस्ट फकिंग प्लेस यू बिन टू राइट बट वी कैन एर दैट आउट राइट Ah <laughs> uh, if you if you want me to yeah <laughs> well you know I don't know uh, it's up to you. <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you want me to of course it's like dude anything anything you want to be edited will be edited <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I mean man. it's an experience and I want people yeah it's you know when when you go to a studio and you're like cable nahi mil rahi ek minute ruko 5 minute ruko 5 minute bhi kyun wait kar raha hu main usko it's yeah. like going to a hotel five star hotel paying fucking 15 grand a day and the fucking housekeeping guy coming saying change your own sheets yeah. fuck no dude yeah fuck no yeah. yeah no fucking wait that's not happening dude but see it's that mindset that flows downwards onto your engineers and then onto the interns and yeah. all the other staff that's there and Work it's ethic, that mindset man, like, that that makes the place run and i think that's that mindset that gets the loyalty not just not just work ethic but understanding what is important about what you can yeah. get a pearl drum kit in your studio yeah go ahead do that yeah. but if you're not going to maintain it and if you're not going to make sure that the drummer is the most comfortable he is behind that drum kit yeah. it doesn't matter what that drum kit was True. he's going to go back home unhappy and you're never going to see that person again yeah. i don't have a very expensive drum kit but i maintain it well and i make sure that the artist is absolutely comfortable 
and in the zone and he's not worried about the person behind the glass judging him hmm. you know that i think that's another important thing most of the times artists get very intimidated behind the glass very like man. holy shit man like this guy's probably recorded like 100 singers, people and the most I, i don't know what i'm going to do and most insecure people in the world Musicians. yeah artists artists are the most yeah. insecure people in the world and yeah. i'm speaking out of experience i've been an artist myself you're an artist yourself mm-hmm. and it's what makes us artists yeah our insecurities our passion our yeah. you know shortcomings from being street smart or you know like uh, being uh, that confident you know person who can go sell you a pen for like $100 <laughs> you know it's it, it that's what's what's making us an artist because we are able to feel things at an emotional level and deliver them to you who are the street smart person who are the confident person and make you realize the depth of an emotion the mm. depth of 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 uh, of an event you know right. yeah. that's what we do as artists we tell stories so that you are affected by them right. you get an emotional reaction by them whereas if we weren't there these amazing events would pass by you and you wouldn't even know that something amazing just hit you in the face and went by yeah you know yeah. so i no, think absolutely. as artists that's it is what makes us artists our bashfulness our meekness our yeah. insecurity our stupid mental issues is what makes us artists absolutely. and the crazier we are the better we are at the our art better. man <laughs> dude exactly dude i just realized that we're both wearing star wars t-shirts oh yes <laughs> of course man like oh by the way i also have the jedi hoodie on this <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. But well, I can, I can, you know, I can name each saber on okay, your shirt. Okay, let's let's do that. Name name that saber. Okay, Palpatine, Maul, Darth Vader, Ren, and Count Dooku. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there's a there's a, there's a Obi Wan right behind me over there. You see that? Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh shit! I can't see the hilt. I can only see uh, the 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 blade. Oh my god that is Obi-Wan that's so fucking great dude <laughs> Is that's that's force FX right Yeah Yeah I have uh I have the Anakin one and uh the the green Luke Skywalker one Oh I I have the Anakin hilt I don't have the saber I just Oh yeah that. I so I have the force FX Anakin saber I have no idea where the fuck it is because it used to be in my room before I moved to the US <laughs> and now I don't know where it is And then the other one, the Luke one, the green one, I have in the US. But getting getting back to geeking out about audio. So like what do you think is I mean, okay. What would you say is your thoughts behind, you know, like a proper studio versus home studio? Like what are your thoughts on that? Um a studio is a place where you have control over the sound it's not a place that has equipment hmm. it's not a place that has the mics a studio by definition is an environment where you have control over the sound and similarly a photography studio is a place where you have control over the light yeah as long as you can control the light because photography is capturing light right as long as you can control the light to behave the way you want it to mm. it's called a studio yeah. and the same thing goes with a recording studio 
Whether you have a control over the sound or not is what determines whether it's a studio or not. Not the fact that you have a desk with equipment. Anybody yeah. can do that. You still don't have control over the acoustics. It's yeah. an environment where you have control over the sound. Right. Whether it's your studio floor, whether it's your control room, you must have control over the sound. In the studio floor, you got to know where you're getting more bass, where you're getting more brightness, where is it that you're getting the mud, where is it that you can record something that's really loud, where is it that you can record something really quiet without letting the rest of the world interfere in your recording. Yeah. And in the control room, you've got to know what are the frequencies that are cancelling each other, that are reinforcing each other. You know, you've got to know all that in your control room. Mm. And if you can control that, that's great. If you can't control it, but knowledge about them is a great thing. For example, I know that in my studio, sorry, in my control room, I have a phase cancellation at 110 hertz. Exactly. Like, that's the one frequency that has stereo phase cancellation. And even if I boost the 110, like, with a very sharp notch, I still won't hear it hitting my ear because it's perfectly phase cancelling. Oh, so it's the opposite of a standing wave. A yeah. St a standing wave is when two frequencies Reinforce. double. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. It could, it could be the fucking opposite. Oh. Yeah. So Damn. if it's at the perfect time interval, yeah. if it's at the perfect uh, 180 degree interval, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you will have a polarity uh, shift and you know, you're know you going to have a phase shift and you're going to cancel out the frequency completely. Yeah. So in my control room, I have 110 and sometimes I forget that that's there. And I have a 10 inch tom on my drum kit. <laughs> Which is a bitch to mix. <laughs> so sometimes when a drummer goes like tune to tune to tune to tune to tune, and I'm mixing and I'm like, oh damn, that sounds good. And then I go home yeah. and then I hear it on these speakers or in the car, and all I hear is, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh shit, I forgot about this. <laughs> oh shit. How do you? Then, obviously, then you adjust your sound and you you deal with it. You, yeah, I mean, you get used to it. I know that it is uh, cancelling there. So if I'm not hearing the 110, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not there. Right, right. It is there. So the it's whole idea is to, to know your space. It, it doesn't have yeah. to be a perfect space, but know your yeah. space. And that's the most important thing. The next time you come, I'll show you. I'll play I'll play a song. I'm I'll so boost curious to hear this. I, I, I want to hear you, it with a sine wave as well. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I'll take a sine wave. I'll put it at 110. And you'll see it go up like that. Okay, but you'll be like, no, this is fine. But then when I shift it, you'll be like, oh shit, that's a lot louder. Yeah. Fuck. Like the minute I came to 200, it got a lot louder. Yeah, yeah, It's because yeah. 110 is phasing out quite nice. And, and I figured this out after like 10, 12 mixes. Okay. Mm. And I'm like, oh shit. I fucked up 10, 12 mixes. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing but thankfully, is, most of them didn't have a lot of 110 fundamental instruments. And the sad thing is, I don't know if it's sad or not, but the thing is that I'm sure that those clients who you mixed it for probably had no clue. St probably still no, sounded no. good. No, no, no. It's something that no, no, you not, realize. It's something it comes in passing yeah. things like yeah. you know when he plays a role it comes there yeah. or when the bass player goes like in the middle of the slide somewhere it'll just be a little dip. boom a little bit and <laughs> go there and uh, yeah I mean you know musicians are stoned as fuck so they kind yeah, of miss it dude, they don't <laughs> fucking 
<laughs> Dude, what kind of advice would you give to, you know, somebody that's just starting out in this in this industry, like especially for locally in in Delhi like or, or you know, all over India. Like how would you go about promoting yourself as, you know, a producer, engineer, slash studio owner? There are two different things. Producer is different, engineer is different. To be a producer, you got to have some money, dude. I, I mean, I'm really sorry to put it that bluntly, but you need to have a financial backing or you need to have saved up enough on your own where you can take the decisions the way you want. No, I mean, for an engineer, I'm talking about like for indie artists. Like, you know, there's so many people that are producing in their bedrooms and they're doing everything themselves. Are you talking, you asking for artists or are you asking for studio owners or people who want to be engineers and producers? Well, no, I'm talking about in, in, our, in, in our Delhi circuit, you know, college kids that are starting out and th that are starting out by, uh, you know, producing their friends or whoever. How do they go about making a name for themselves? But, uh, but actually, finish answering your question what you thought I asked first and then okay. answer what I actually asked. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so there's a difference in producer and engineer and a lot of people really get uh, convoluted in that. Yeah. First off, the rise of electronic music has really messed up the definition of a producer. I'm, and I'm strictly talking audio right now. Yeah. I'm not talking film yeah. producers. I'm not talking event producers. Anything. Mm. No, no, no. Just records okay yeah an album producer or a song producer mm. a producer's job is not to compose yeah in the true sense of the definition yeah a producer for a song is much like a director for a film yes absolutely okay. i've said that so many times yes he's gonna tell the artist change out your guitar use that one or not electric this is acoustic or here, we can probably use some synth instead of the real bass. Or, you know what? Um, the drums are not doing it in this song. Chuck it out. Or, instead of piano, we can have the guitar. Or instead of guitar, we can have the piano. But you as an artist, that's your job to perform it. If You, you can have a discussion with your producer. But you cannot undermine his skill in this regard. Because he's not looking at your song for you. Mm. he's looking at your song for the audience and the story that you are trying to show mm. the story that you are trying to tell you may feel differently because in the jam room when you played it on the guitar you were like no I'm really feeling this mm. because you were playing it yourself okay Yeah. but for a producer he's listening to it he understands that this will be better translated uh in this instrument or in this style. Okay. Mm. And that's the producer's job. You've written a song. You want to portray a sad story or a tragic story or a hopeful story. This is how we go about it. Okay. You, even though you are very much confident in your head that no, no, I've been playing this live and I get a very good response. Live is one thing. Record is one thing. Mm. Live comes and goes and you'll never see it again. Mm. The energy of a live show is something else. Yeah. Whereas a recording and that same recording and that same performance, that same instrument will be played back a thousand times. Yeah. That recording should be able to give that same emotional response a thousand times. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Is the reason why songs like November Rain and Bohemian Rhapsody mm. and I should have said Bohemian Rhapsody first <laughs> <laughs> have stood the test of time. Yeah. Because they're telling the story and the producer ensured that the story that they're telling is complemented by the arrangement and the performances. Mm. If the producer tells you that harmony is conflicting with your vision, with your story, listen to him or her. Mm. If the producer is telling you that this solo does nothing to progress the story, it just comes in the way and delays the inevitable outcome, listen to them. Mm. Sometimes a guitar player in the band would be like, no, but this is my solo. I have prepared so hard. I've written it so like, you know, meticulously. But bro, your singer is trying to tell a story which needs its climax to come earlier. Yeah. Which needs its closure to be delivered earlier. You can't make an audience wait for that. And that's the balance it. between doing what's right for the song and uh, satisfying your customer. And that's when yeah. you invent the last chorus with a solo. <laughs> <laughs> You get it? <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. It's like, tu khush rahe bhai, tu solo baja, par wo saath mein gaega. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. That's how you find middle ground with the artist, you know. Mm. If you go to a producer, if somebody comes to me and says, I want a hit song, I don't care if it dies after a year. Then my mind is working differently. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of trends. All right, no reverb, Fuck that. We're going to get a drop. We need a track oh, drop. We need a rapper. Get in a rapper. Nail on the head. What you just said. Okay, so whenever I'm working with a new artist, the first thing I ask them is, okay, guys, what is your goal with this? Do you want to be, do you want this to be on the radio? Do you want this to be charting on some sort of, you know, uh, charts? Or do you want it to get commercial recognition? Or... Is this something that you guys are going to be cool with listening to in your car and having your friends and family listen to it on their phones or whatever? Because that changes the way that I approach this record. Because if if you just want to listen to it in your car, then let's do whatever the fuck. I don't care. You can have a thousand people dance to it or you can have two people cry to it. Yeah. You make your choice. I want the two people crying to it. Which is a much more powerful emotion. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And it could be anything else, not just crying. It could be extreme hopefulness and extreme happiness as well. Yeah. But that's the decision you're going to have to make. Trying to find a middle ground in that, na to midar ke ho, na to mudar ke ho. You know, yeah. if you're trying to be commercial at the same time, trying to tell a story, commercial people are not going to like it. Yeah. Why do you think Taki Taki is such a big hit? What the fuck does Taki Taki mean? I don't, I, I don't know. But when I get drunk, <coughs> I like listening to Taki Taki. Yeah. But when I am, you know, sitting in a mood, I want to listen to Jim Morrison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's as simple. As <clears throat> it's as simple as that. Yeah, dude. Absolutely, man. <coughs> but, but you know, and it's so crazy that that now the way I look at things is in a very, very emotional way, and it's very, very like, okay, what is the fucking emotion of the song, and even like, uh things like what plugin I would use or things like what compressor I would use or um, what mic I would use is very, it's driven by that emotion. You identify the yeah. emotion first. 
that's also a job of the producer yeah. thank you yeah Sorry, yeah yeah dude absolutely absolutely it is nice but dude you you created what is uh you know pro- probably the best fucking studio in in ncr like you know now when you when you and you built that shit like from scratch you built it yourself you fucking planned it yourself so you're very hands on right um which is total opposite of me um i mean how you know how did you get the word out and like how did you know ferris wheel become ferris wheel i i didn't you didn't you know so the thing is i from 2008 till 2015 i worked out of my home studios multiple home studios i had one in chennai two in bangalore three in delhi so <clears throat> i worked out of these studios i did a lot lot of corporate jobs and i keep saying this my biggest break was working in theater theater that job in theater itself didn't pay me well mm. but my god the amount of you know networking i got from there yeah the amount of people i met from that one two gigs i i've done three three theater performances mm-hmm. theatrical performances uh the sound execution and composition for that's it but the amount of networking because in a, in a single theater uh performance i met 20 actors five of whom were singers i met a director who also does ad films i met set designers who also are <clears throat> into short films i met carpenters who knew or had worked on previous studios so this all came together from networking well mm. i worked till 2015 i saved up as much as i could <clears throat> and at the beginning of 2015 i was like i want to i want to build a studio where musicians can come and say that this is where i want to record the music that i've been making for the past 5 years mm. and i suppose when you i mean i i don't want to just toot my own horn but i did put in a lot of work and a lot of heart into ferris into the current ferris yeah before this it was a it was a home studio yeah yeah i built this for the artist and i didn't say anything the artist came to me i guess people recognize that i think it's word of mouth of course yeah. but they recognize the effort you put in yeah that here's a guy whose cables are also numbered man mm. like you know as they should be yeah here's a guy yeah. who's <clears throat> who's put in so much effort in a studio it's not the gear the first reaction from anyone i get from when they enter ferris is like man i love the vibe of this place absolutely dude absolutely they 
they look at the the gear later yeah i can't even get to that before they start <clears throat> saying things like holy shit i could spend my life here and i'm i'm like yes that that is i will consider that as the best compliment ever it's better than you've done a great job on my mix yeah cuz i've given you a space i've given you yeah a studio oh, where dude, you it's a, where it's you can uh, definitely a come vibe like I and mean, you know feel <clears throat> creative where you can you know it's not a studio in a basement somewhere yeah. where you're like oh yeah. what, when am i going home yeah. or I mean, when so, am i so, going up to get a smoke break yeah. so like let me give you my point of view of what ferris is to me and maybe i'll give you a break from talking <laughs> since you, your throat's fucked um no to, to me it was um uh it was a great space when i walked in the first time i'd never met you uh i'd spoken to you on the phone and uh i was engineering shardul's you know some shit for him right and, and the reason that that worked out is because i i actually wanted some pictures working in a studio space for my studio and and shardul wanted um an engineer to to engineer and he's like you know uh and no, he's like no he wanted oh. a producer sorry he wanted a producer well i think for that particular session he just basically wanted somebody to and he's like oh he's like i i know you spent all this time in new york and i've never really worked with you so i i i want to see what you can do you know with my drums and i'm like okay um i'm like okay well i've heard a lot about this ferris wheel studios like everyone i fucking talk to i've been away for 5 years all of a sudden i come back and there's this space that everyone seems to know and that i don't and i'm like okay well i'm like well i want to go there so um and then i i i think i had a brief chat with you on the phone about the microphones and stuff and the microphones that i had requested i think you you had uh, you had most of them but not all of them and you had some different options and i'm like well fuck it let's try it i don't give a shit you know um and i think uh i think with you the i think the mutual respect came right from the get go because um i felt like okay thank god i'm dealing with somebody who knows what they're talking about who know their shit um you know and and then i walked in there and i felt and and i felt that uh that you were very protective about your space because obviously you'd built this um you know and you were kind of in the room watching what i was doing and <laughs> i think after a couple of minutes of seeing what i was doing you're like eh, i think he knows his shit like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i left the room then yeah <laughs> yeah you're like yeah I, i i think he knows his shit so uh but you know that was a fun session because and what i like about us is this this very there's always this mutual learning like i love to try new things like when i came for the victoria secret session remember i told you that i'm like dude um i want to try some new shit because i saw chris lord algy doing it on some video on mix with the masters and i'm like let's try it if it sucks that it sucks but if i'm not going to try it on my song you know who the fuck else's song will i try it on and it was 50% because we tried two new things and one of them sounded shit one of them sounded great so we kept one of them and it was a cool experience and i remember you were a little apprehensive about the fact that the uh, overheads were a little too Hello. too close but i'm like yeah. no, 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 don't worry don't worry don't worry i know what i'm doing <laughs> 
<laughs> we set we set a pad on the mics and you know everything was good. And that song fucking uh, went number two on the fucking charts. Uh, yeah, congrats on that, dude. Fucking congrats to you as well. Fuck, it's just uh, it's mind blowing, dude. But that's the thing. Uh, what you were talking about, people going to a studio and having experiences. I'd like to add one more word to that. I leave with memories. Like when I listen to stuff that I've worked on, I hear memories. Like I'll hear conversations when I hear a drum groove or something, or like when I hear this guitar lick or something, something. You know, like I'll 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 hear those memories. That's what matters to me. 